Hi, and welcome to the Vine Community Church Podcast. We hope that what you're about to hear will help you to flourish in God's grace and bear fruit through loving God, loving each other, and loving our community. Well, good morning. It's so good to see you guys. Welcome uh, for you that here are in person and those that are live and online, and we want to welcome you as well today. And as we, uh, as we come to God's word, it's really my goal today that this be the last sermon I preach. You see, I'm going to give you a sermon, and my hope is this, that I have completed my work of preaching and preparing you. And you know, if, if you're like me, you will need to be equipped and prepared day by day and for the rest of our lives. So I'm not actually going to be done preaching today, okay? All right, no worries. And, and, uh, and I continue to love to be able to preach and be a part of the preaching staff and team here in a regular way. But my hope is that we would be prepared in this glorious word of God. And we would be deepened in our relationship with God. You know, last Sunday we looked at uh, like diving into the word of God and reading it is like preparing a great meal. And I've worked hard on this sermon today and I've prepared a meal for you. But what is more important in our church and in our lives together is that the, our pastors and our elders actually prepare you to know how to feed yourself, to know how to dig into the word of God, right? Because last week I said this, uh, you know, give me a fish and I will eat for a day. You know it, right? Teach me to fish and I will eat for a lifetime. And so if, if feeding on the word of God and having that great meal is like fishing, we want to teach you here at the Vine Community Church that you would learn to fish for yourself. You would learn how to dig into this glorious word of God. And last week, we, uh, we looked at we prepare for things that we really love. And this week, we're going to look at the question, why prepare? So here's the reason in a nutshell you should prepare. And it's this. God's family prepares to be whole. God's family prepares to be whole. And we're going to see this in uh, this beautiful passage written by the Apostle Paul in the book of Ephesians. And so if you have your Bibles, look there with me or your handhelds. It's important to see God's word. And so uh, we're going to dive in beginning in Ephesians 4, verse number 11. This is what God says to his church today. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry For building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. 
Thanks be to God for his glorious word and may our lives be in submission to it. And so today we're going to see as God's family prepares to behold that Christ does this amazing work. And there's three ways that he works. His work is the, the, these things. It's, it's bigger, it's broader, and it's better than anything the world has to offer you. It's bigger, broader, and better than anything the world has to offer you. And the first thing is, it's bigger. It's bigger. You know, um, as you look at uh, this passage, we see here uh, that this key phrase of why we prepare, and we find it in the second half of verse number 13, and it says this, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Backing up, it says, begins in verse 13, until we all attain to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now, when it says here the word manhood, it doesn't just mean men only. Okay, ladies? This is men and women, just like in Galatians, where it says there's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female. But we are all one in Christ. So this is, this is all y'all, all people, men and women. And, and uh, also, this isn't just one man or one woman. This is the whole of the church. This is the man, it says man, manhood. It's talking about everybody in the body of Christ. And then we see this word mature. And, and the word mature means this, pure, full-grown, fully developed, or complete, or whole. And that's what God does, is he brings us to mature manhood. He completes us. He makes us whole. It is his work that is bigger. And we see this in, especially this phrase, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now, what does that mean? When you do a measurement, you're, you get out your tape, and you, you, you measure people. You remember when you're growing up, you're, you're a little kid and you keep that, that pencil mark on the wall keeps growing, right? So you measure the stature, which is the tallness of. And, and it's the height. And it reminds us of earlier in, in Ephesians 3 where it talks about God's love, the, the height and depth and breadth and length of God's love. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now, what's that fullness of Christ? How big is that really? Now, that's actually the word pleroma, where we get the word plethora from. And a plethora means, if I remember my English exams in high school, it means lots of. It's a plethora. It's the fullness. It's lots of. It's, a, it's, it's what, looking back in verse 10, what Jesus brings to us and what his work does. In verse 10 of Ephesians 4, it says about Jesus, he who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And so when Jesus died, he rose again from the dead. Remember, right before he ascended into heaven, what did he do? We saw it last week. Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20, he said to his disciples who he had equipped, 
He said, look, I have all authority in heaven and earth and I give it to you. I deputize you. And now you are to go and make disciples of all people groups. You're the ones. I'm leaving you and through you, I'm going to fill this earth and the world with my authority and with my disciples who are following me. This is the, guys, this is the universal church he's talking about. When he says the fullness of Christ, the fullness of God is the whole universe. And Christ desires to fill all the world with his followers. And he does that through us. Isn't that great? You see, God's work through us as he prepares, God's family prepares to be whole is bigger than you've ever dreamed possible. You know, this this past week, uh, I went for a physical. You know, I finally went back. It's been about five years. I know I should do this more often. And so I went to a new doctor. And when I went in, you know, what's the first thing they do? Well, they get you weighed, and then they take your height. So I had some glasses on the top of my head, and and the nurse practitioner said, Sir, can you remove those? I was hoping that would give me a little more height. And so I did take them off and I got on there and they, she measured me and she said to me, oh, I thought it was awesome. She said, you're six foot four and a half, right? Well, guys, I've never been a hair over six foot three my whole life. You know, and just this past May, I turned 60 years old. You know what that means? In my 60s, I've grown an inch and a half. This is great. And so the point here is, is in Christ, we're always growing. We're always growing. And and the, the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ is immeasurable. It's limitless. We together as his body get to be a part of this great work of God that is bigger than you've ever imagined. It's not just bigger, though. It's broader. It's broader. You know, this is what Paul is referring to at the end of verse 12 and the beginning of verse 13. And it says this, for the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain. Until we all attain. You know, you could say when Paul refers to the building up of the body of Christ, Until we all, you observe that uh, just in the use of this plural language that he, Paul, is referring to the whole, not to the individuals. He's talking about the whole body. We all is is something like what he wrote to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 14. He said to them, for the body does not consist of one member, but of what? Many. You see, we all are a part of this. This is the body of Christ. It's broader than what you've expected. It is the whole of the body of Christ. And it's not just one of the members. It's not just the pastors or a few elders or a few of the you know, called ministry team leaders. It's Every one of you all, if you are a Christ follower or you are going to become a Christ follower, you're a part of we all. You all 
are a part of this. This is broader than we've ever imagined. It's wider. It includes every person, male, female. It doesn't matter your, your race, your background, what you, how, how good you've been, how bad you've been. God has done a work in your life called grace, and he includes you in his body. It's we all. It's we all. And every one of you matters. Every one of us should be saying, God, thank you. I get to be a part of this broader body of Christ and be equipped in your word and do the work of the ministry. How cool is that? And so we see here, God's family prepares to be whole. And this is all the work of God. And we see that God's work is bigger, it's broader, and thirdly, and finally, it's, it's, it's better. It's better than anything you've ever tasted. It's better than anything the world has to offer. The work of Christ is better than everything. Look at verse 13 again. It says, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. What is that when we attain? It means that we actually get there, that we actually receive this. We get it until, until we attain to the unity of the faith. And that reminds me a lot of what we read just earlier in chapter 4. Verse 4 says, there is one body and one spirit, just as you, and that's, that's plural you, we were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. You see, you see what this passage is saying here is it's actually making this, this beautiful distinction of what we get to receive of the better work Christ is doing in us and through us until we attain to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. And we saw last week that that word knowledge doesn't mean just information about God. The book of, of the Bible, yes, gives us lots of information, lots of great, rich theology. It gives us great teaching, and all of that is true. But more than anything, this book is a love letter to us that we would know Christ, know him personally, know him intimately. This is the work of God that he does, the better work until we attain to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. You know, but it would be easy for you and me to think this way. You know, if I pray for people to be healed, if I read my Bible a lot and prepare, if I share my faith, if I go to church at 10.45 a.m. in person or live online, well, then, then, then I'm mature. But remember this, the people who thought they were the most mature in Jesus' day were the most religious. They did the most work for God. They knew the Bible through and through. They never missed church worship. They were zealots about their faith and sharing their faith. Guys, but what does it say about the religious in Jesus' day? Their hearts were far from God. The reality is, and this is the hard part is this, we can know lots about the Bible, but if the Bible is not changing us to know 
the person, the central person of the Bible, Jesus Christ, then we're just religious. And we need to remember that we probably need to repent. Not probably, we do need to repent of what we think we've earned or what we have done. Because guys, this is God's work. This is his work that's better. It's not your work or your human doings, right? And so we today here see that this, that if, if you listen to teaching or doctrine um, that's different from what the Bible teaches us or this letter of Ephesians that we're in today about who we are in Christ and who Jesus is and what he came to do to rescue us, then you know what it says here? It says we're like babies, Where we see that here is, we see that in that contrast between being a mature, complete man and in verse 14 where it talks about children. Um, And and here in, in, we found it, there's a tool called Thayer's Bible Dictionary and it says this about verse 13 and 14, it says this, until we rise to the same level of knowledge which we ascribe to a full-grown man until we can be likened to a full-grown man as opposed to no longer children. You see, if we're just a child, and this is happening a lot in the body of Christ, it's so easy to be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. By every, and we're going to look at that more next week. By every kind of like thing, that new thing that comes along. But friends, if it's not coming from the word of God, and if it's not centered in Jesus, and if it's not empowered by his Holy Spirit, it's not true, and we're living like babies. But God wants us for something better for us, to grow up, to grow up in him. You see, maturity is acknowledging that we are always growing. We are never finished or complete until Christ returns, right? I have three grandchildren, and my youngest is a little baby, Charlotte Ann. She's so cute. Such cherub little cheeks. We love her so much. I mean, I can't tell you how much we loved her. We loved all of our grandchildren the first time we ever saw them. It was just like, it's love. You know, but it's cool, too, with the older ones, like Remy, who's three and a half, an old guy. That, that he says to like the other day to Mimi when we had him over, he said, we, he just ate a, a meal that she made for lunch. And she said, Mimi, this is my favorite meal ever. Aw. You know, you love that because you're getting to know them. And, and, you know, as much as we love Charlotte Ann, at, who's seven months old, we, we can't wait to get to know her when she's three and a half. And 31 and a half, and hopefully we're still having those conversations. You know, so we all have to grow up. And that's what this scripture is saying. This is better. This is the process by which we grow into knowing God and to becoming more holy. You see, maturity is acknowledging that we are always, always, always growing no one's too old. No one has enough information. We are all in the process beginning with me. And so together, guys, let's prepare this year, right? 
let's prepare in his word. And we talk about here that prepare is an intentional pause to equip and be equipped in God's word for the journey to flourish in God's grace. And last week we saw that we're going to be using throughout this year in our life groups and our study groups and our student groups called D groups. And all of our groups, we're going to be using this little tool called comma, comma. And comma is really just a pause It's ceasing our labor and saying we need to pause and reflect on this. Remember the importance of a comma? I told you last week this little line, right? You remember that? Greg remembers. No, yeah, that's it. So the importance of a comma is this, is consider this this sentence. I'm going to share it with you again in case you weren't here. Um, If you take this sentence with a comma in it and say something like this, Let's eat, comma, grandma. There it is with a pause. It's very important. It's very different in its meaning than this sentence without a comma. Let's eat, grandma. You see the importance of a pause? That's not just in English language. It's important in our life that we pause and together, you know, I know you, some of you know how to read the Bible and study it, but will you pause and join with us and prepare in this way using comma to help others in our church body to prepare? And so comma is an acronym that means this, comma, C, the context of the passage. O, We want to observe what are the important words and phrases and thoughts in that passage. And then M, the meaning. What is the author's original intent? Second M is the motive. How is our, what is the motive of our heart that will keep us believing this? And what's the motive, sinful motive that we have that will keep us not believing the word of God? And then finally, A, application. So comma is going to be a tool we're going to be using to prepare you. And this is is all coming from our pastors, your elders, that we want to prepare you. And remember, going back to verses 11 and 12, let me just remind you one more time what it says there. It says, and he, God, gave the shepherds and the teachers, that's the pastors and the elders, to equip The word equip means to make you sufficient. To equip the saints. Who are the saints? The saints are God's people. It's we all who are followers of Jesus for the work of ministry. Now, what is that word, work of ministry? What does the word ministry mean here in this passage? Just briefly. This this word ministry means everything from a great leader, Moses, who led about two, over two million people, Israelites, out of slavery and into the promised land. What a leader, right? Can you imagine a pastor pastoring two million people today? That would be a pretty great leader, right? It's everything from a great leader who leads millions of people to waiting on tables. Acts 6, chapter 2 says, talks about that. Now, when you go home today... Some of you is going to make meal together if you have a meal together in the afternoon or evening. Now, what this Bible is saying here is the person that gets up and clears the table, they are a great servant. 
And what the Bible says is there's no distinction from the person who's clearing the tables to the person, the pastor that's leading millions of people. They're all equal in God's sight. You know why? Because God is the one who gives the gifts. God is the one who pours this out. He is the one who will be praised. And so guys, no matter what your gifts are, whether you are a great leader and you're leading lots of people, or you, you just kind of clear dishes at potluck suppers at church, and you wonder, what's my life about? When am I doing, making a difference? You are making a difference. 1 Corinthians 12 says that we should even give greater honor to those parts that are sort of less presentable or less important to our culture, right? There's no distinction. If you all have gifts, if you are followers in Christ, and you're all called to use them for the glory and the fame of God, and we want this year to equip you for the work of ministry. So, what can I say to you as I think about personally applying this to your life? You know, in this COVID season, this is really a hard time, you know? It's, it's, it's hard to even fill a few seats in church, right? It's kind of hard, right? People are struggling. Should they come? Should they not come? Should we watch online? How are we getting community do I really feel connected to this body? Do I feel a part of what God is doing? You know, all of these questions, all of these uncertainties, all of us are really struggling with. And through this time, you know, I usually love to take some, a season of, like I'm a prayer guy. I love to pray. And I, but what, during this season of COVID, my prayers have been, they seem a little bit dry. But you know what has kept me tethered, connected to knowing God. It's even when I don't want to every day, and this is, this is a discipline. I have read this word and God has taught me about himself. Guys, don't give up in being equipped and prepared. Some of you have said, I've done this before, didn't work so great. Don't give up. Don't make excuses. Don't, if you've been around the word of God, I'm calling you to be deepened in the word of God and help us to prepare others. And today we're gonna celebrate uh, right now how, how some of you are doing just that. Um, Andrew Collins, I'm gonna invite him forward. And he's gonna be sharing with us today how some of our, we call them D-group leaders, these special people in our church are actually doing the work of preparing the students in the word of God. And this is a really cool story and a cool celebration. So Andrew, thanks for what you're doing and can't wait to hear more. Yeah, good morning. Um, as John already said, my name is Andrew Collins. I'm the youth ministry team leader here at The Vine and we are super excited to start D groups, which is D is just stands for discipleship groups. We've just shortened it um, here uh, and they actually kick off tonight. And what I want you to know is uh, one of the best things that our students and our youth ministry does is what these actual D group leaders do. Um, they spend a lot of time investing in our students 
and they, I tell them this all the time, your job is more important than mine. Um, because of what impact um, a ministry can have when it's not just one person trying to minister, but it's a body, a whole body ministering to the body of students we have here. So um, I'm going to invite the uh, D group leaders we have here up, and I'm just going to list out some of the names because not everyone is here. Some people were at the first service. I would love for you to, if you see these people throughout the year, and just to be praying for them, if you want to take their names down, um, they will much appreciate your prayers. Um, because their job is hard, and it takes a lot of work and time to do what they do. So um, our high school girls uh, leaders are Carla Bond, Christy Link, Alicia Maloney, and Tori Muffley. And then our middle school uh, girls leaders are um, Joy Fleck, Angela Crossland, um, uh, Ansley Taylor, and Tori, Tori, huh? Tara Collins. Um, so, and then our high school girls, our high school boys leaders are um, Andrew Collins, um, Dave Bond, and Josh Link. And then the middle school boys leaders, one of them is coming up here right now, um, is Charles uh, Fleck and Doug Weimer. And then the other middle school boys group is Zach Smith and uh, Brian Bug. So, like I said, please be praying for these people. Please, when you see them, encourage them. Like I said, their job is hard. And we're excited this year, as John has already been sharing, that our students are not only going to learn how to study the Bible, working through comma, but also to apply it to their lives and learning how to live and walk out the gospel in their lives and their school, families, and communities, okay? And these are going to be the leaders that are going to be teaching them that. So we're really excited about that. So I'm going to have John come back up, and John's going to pray for the leaders we have here and the other names that have been mentioned. That's awesome. Isn't that great, guys? Yeah. That is so awesome. Hey, Andrew, how, how many leaders is that? How many leaders do we actually have? Oh, now you're going to ask me to do math on the spot. Yeah. Um, I think it is 16 total. Isn't that great? We got 16 under shepherds under this shepherd. Who's under the act, main shepherd. And under the main shepherd, <laughs> who is Jesus. So Jesus is over Andrew, and Andrew is pouring into these 16 sort of under shepherds under him, and then they're pouring into all of our students to prepare them in God's word, to root them. How good this really is. This, can you tell this makes me excited? And it should make you excited because... This is a part of what the body of Christ should be looking like. We're all a part of this, and we can all be a play some role as we are both prepared, equipped, and equipped, equipping others in God's word. So thank you, Andrew. And guys, let me just pray for you. Flex, way to go. You're the ones here. Yeah. And Woo! so we just rejoice in you, two of the 16 people that are pouring into our students that we just want to pray for you. And if you guys uh, don't mind doing this, this, this will stretch some of you. We can't touch them right now because of COVID. Reach out a hand, okay? And let's just pray over these guys and just ask God's authority, anointing, encouragement amidst the heart. It's hard to do this. Lord, just deputize Charles and Joy and every one of the 16 
um, D group leaders. We thank you for them. Thank you for their calling to love our kids in the word of God. And Lord, just anoint them by your power and fill them with your Holy Spirit. And God, do a work that no man can stop in the hearts and lives of our high school and middle school students. We so thank you, Lord. Root them, literally, and prepare them in your word that they would be equipped and there would be a building up of the body of Christ and they would be doing the work of the ministry. Hallelujah, Lord. What a God, what a Savior. We commission these, your servants, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hey, thank you, guys. You are commissioned. Thank you, Andrew, and, and thank you, church, both you that are in person, that are online, and thank you for whatever way you are serving and loving Jesus and saying, you know, I'm, Jesus is better than anything the world has to offer. And as we turn our hearts and lives now to just a moment, a season of communion, we are affirming this, that Jesus has come that he, the perfect God, has purchased a way for us to have relationship with him. So many of us here who are in, in person and those who are online, we know him and we are followers. We're those saints, not because of our work, but because of Jesus' work. And because his work is better than anything you can find in this world. Believe me. I've lived a few years and it's true. So I want to just call you, if you're online or if you're here in present and you don't know Christ as your Savior and Lord, I just want to pray with you today and have you have that opportunity to invite God to come meet with you, forgive you all your sins, but empower you and prepare you for something that is so much bigger, broader, and better than the world has to offer, okay? And for those of you that are Christ followers, as we prepare for the Lord's Supper, we want to say, God, we realize we, we easily fall into sin. We either get way religious and we think we know a lot and we think we've arrived and we think we can coast or we think, no, I'm so filled with shame. I don't, I'm, I'm worth nothing. You see, both of those extremes are not what the gospel of God's word teaches us. And so he wants us today to be centered on him, his work. So today, will you just, as we prepare our hearts for the Lord's Supper, will you just take a moment to pause and reflect and confess your sin, and he says, I love to give you that reassurance that, hey, I've already forgiven you if you know me. But let's go to him and let's confess our sin for just a moment, both here in person and if you're online. Let's pray together. Lord, you are so great. You are so good. You are so sovereign. You are so worthy of all our praise. And today we are so thankful as we confess our sins. We don't deserve to know you, but for some 
wild reason, in your plan, in your way, we get to know you. So praise your name, Lord. And today, I declare over you all, because of Jesus' work, you are forgiven, if you know Jesus is your Lord and Savior. And for those of you that don't know Jesus, right now, you can receive Christ's great work as you turn from your way of life and say, Jesus, you're better than anything the world has to offer. I want to put my faith in you. So I just urge you right now that you would be doing heart business before the Lord who sees everything in you, inside of you. He knows everything about you. There's nothing hidden from his, gra- from his grace. So don't try to hide it. Just say, God, I come here confessing as your child how great a God you are. And now, Walk in the freedom and forgiveness that he offers you. And we just pray these things in the name of our Father, his Son Jesus, and his Holy Spirit, we pray. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us for this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at thevinecc.com, download our mobile app, or visit us on Facebook or Instagram at The Vine CC. Have a great week.